Welcome to episode 38 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. Okay, you guys, it's time. It's time for me to address the ugly emotion, envy. And I'm telling you, it had me in its grip this week, and I needed to do some major surgery. So I did the work. Byron Katie's The Work, that is. The emotion of envy was so familiar to me, and boy, my ego was working hard to protect me and defend my sense of self. I did not want to admit I was feeling what I was feeling. Does this sound familiar to you at all? So I did a little bit of research, which I've included in the episode, and I also included a clip from one of my favorite movies, The Other Woman, with Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, and Kate Upton. If you know the movie, the scene on the beach when the wife and mistress number one are spying on mistress number two, and mistress number one, the Cameron Diaz character, goes into envy big time with a little jealousy sprinkled in and tries to take out mistress two. I totally relate. (laughs) It's a priceless example of how the emotions of envy and jealousy can be overcome and turn into friendship and connection. I hope you'll enjoy this episode and check out the links in the show notes. Here you go. So my friends, I have such a juicy topic for you this week. Envy. Oh my gosh. I had a dose of it this week. And then some other emotions came up around fear And they just piled on and I went, you know what? It all started with envy. And I am digging into that this week. I shared a little bit about envy in episode 16 when we looked at Brene Brown's emotions. And we discussed a little bit about comparison and envy. But I went deeper. I am definitely going deeper today. And... I wanted to share with you some research I found, also the way that I dealt with the envy, because it's time. It's time to talk about Byron Katie and her work called The Work. (laughs) She is so terrific. And first of all, let me back up and state that my dose of envy looked like I couldn't believe it. But the thing was that I've seen this pattern with me before. So, and the shame that comes up around it. One of the things that I looked in the research, I found out that envy is the one emotion that we are just not interested in talking about. There's um, an article, which I'll put the link to in the show notes, uh, that appeared in Forbes about envy and feelings of inferiority. And I'm just going to read you this one section. The anthropologist George W. Foster asked, why is it that people are able to admit feelings of guilt, shame, pride, greed, and even anger without loss of self-esteem? But that it's almost impossible to admit to feelings of envy. 
Foster offered the following explanation. Anyone who admits to themselves and others that they are envious is also admitting that they feel inferior. It is for precisely this reason that it is so difficult to acknowledge and accept one's own envy. In recognizing envy in himself, a person is acknowledging inferiority with respect to another. He measures himself against someone else and finds himself wanting. It is, I think, this implied admission of inferiority rather than the admission of envy that is so difficult for us to accept. Okay, totally get it. Because when that comparison comes up, as we know from Brene Brown, that it's actually about um, be like everyone else because you're comparing, but be better. That's definitely that comparison is something that we do. The bad news is, guess what? It happens and we make it such that it's not something that, like it says, she says on page 24 in the Atlas of the Heart, which is, you know, my favorite Bible to go to <laughs> when it comes to emotions. So the bad news is it's that our hard wiring makes us default to comparison. It seems to happen to us rather than be our choice. The good news is we get to choose how it's going to affect us. Okay, so she laid that all out for us. There we are, we can't not do comparison. So when my incident happened, I was feeling like, oh, I really shouldn't feel this way. And I know that we have all come across people. And there's this great example in um, the movie, The Other Woman, um, which has the wife um, and then Cameron Diaz plays the mistress. And she's all um, got her stuff together and apologizes for being the mistress. That she, he, uh, she didn't know he was married, blah, 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 blah. But then it turns out there's another mistress and the second mistress is amazing. She's got natural double Ds, <laughs> gorgeous, um, long legs, like, oh my God. So I'm gonna play you that clip because I think we can all relate to somebody like that in our lives. So here goes the clip. Oh, come on. Okay, but you're not gonna like it. She makes me look like I'm wearing a diaper. Do you think she oh, had that made? No, that she didn't have that really made. Well. When you have a body like that, everything fits you perfectly. Oh, double D, obviously natural double D. D. It's like a midlife Christ waking nightmare. Yeah, she looks pretty good though. At some point, you say I play tennis, you know right? What? But if How I play Ron McEnroe, then I expect to lose. You know what? Right? I am McEnroe. So yeah. So tell me, out there. There's got to be somebody. And you know what? Men and women both had envy. And women have it a little bit more based on the research I saw, but men, you're right in there with envy as well. And in my case, envy showed up in like, I was like 
thinking this person is perfect. They have a spiritual program that, oh my God, you know, Gandhi would envy. (laughs) They were uh, in a position of power in their job and uh, had amazing things that they were doing. And oh my God, the more that this person said, the smaller and smaller and smaller I kept feeling. And I kept pushing aside the emotion saying, okay, no, this is not okay. It is not okay to have this emotion. You sh-. And I started to feel shameful and I started to feel bad for having the emotion. And I went, oh, this, this is ugly. This is juicy. This I need to take a look at. And so I am sharing it with all of you because there is a way out totally a way out and it took me a little while to get out of it I must say I took a chunk out of my husband <laughs> along in the process <laughs> wasn't exactly spiritually evolved <laughs> I was dealing with it but then I sat down with my Byron Katie judge your neighbor worksheet Okay, this is the secret, you guys. You have got, if you do not know Byron Katie, you have got to check her out. And she calls her work the work. And she talks about ego. Like in my case, I was defending my ego because I kept hearing about this perfection and I was trying to defend myself to feel better about myself by discounting this woman, (laughs) just like in the movie (laughs) that I gave you the clip to when Cameron Diaz says, I am the macabre. (laughs) And then she runs out and tries to take the other woman down. (laughs) That's exactly in my head, how I felt. So, Byron Katie in Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet, and I will put a link to this worksheet in the show notes. You have got to get yourself a copy of it. And what this worksheet does is it really helps you flush out what the situation is, how you want the situation to change. And it's okay to be as... I don't know, as petty and as mean as you want to be. Um, And like in one case, um, question number three is in this situation, what advice would you give him or her? He or she shouldn't be or should be. And in my case, I said, (laughs) quit being so perfect. Um, Maybe do less meditation instead of having it twice a day. Maybe get fired. Maybe get fat. Maybe drink. It was not very pretty, but that's what this worksheet is for. You can do and say whatever you want to on this. And in and the next question, number four, in order for you to be happy in the safe in this situation, what do you need him or her to think, say, feel, or do? And um, I needed for this person to say that she was fallible, <laughs> that her life was not as perfect as I was thinking it was. 
that's the key, right? It's all about me. It's my ego and my ego wanting to feel better. So the next couple of questions are super good because by then you've begun to see how it is all, you know, it, it's totally about, about me and what I'm thinking instead of how this other person is in the world. And because when I'm in my envy and I'm about me, I am not able to help anybody else. I'm not able to see more because all I'm able to do is see me. So, and this, this particular woman has a, an incredible mission. And do I want her to fail, really fail at that mission? I don't. And somewhere in doing this worksheet, that becomes revealed. And it, you become connected to the person and you begin to see them. But you kind of have to go through the junk first, the stuff that's not so attractive. Then there are four questions, which are very key. The first one, is it true? So in this case, the belief I was working with was, I think this person is perfect. Yeah, I'm not using names to protect the innocent. <laughs> so that's my belief. I think this person is perfect. So is it true? And for me, the answer was no. No, I know she's not. Although in my head, I think she is. And if I had answered yes, I think it's true. Then the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? So for me, again, the answer is no, I definitely can't know that it's true. We can never really know, in my case, if this person is perfect. This person is not perfect, right? We, we kind of know that in our heads. But when we're in the, our ego, protecting our ego, that person appears as a threat to that. And so we're going to defend. I was definitely defending, trying to make myself feel better. And then the next two questions, oh my God, these are so good. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought that this person, in my case, my thinking about this person is that she's perfect? Um, and then who or what would you be without the thought so without that thought, I would feel good about myself. I would uh, support her in her mission, which is a huge mission. I could create space for her to show up authentically and not see her as something to defend against and see her as the enemy. Then what you do is you do the turnarounds. Now, this is the really juicy part of doing the Byron Katie work because in each of the turnarounds, you need to find at least three examples. One of them that you do is the opposite. The next one is reversed role. And the third one is about yourself. So let's take my example that I think 
this person is perfect. So that's my belief. So as I worked the sheet, here's what I came up with. The opposite was, Yo thinks this person is not perfect. And I give three examples to support that. The reversal would be, this person thinks Yo is perfect. That could be fun. <laughs> and then the last one about yourself would be, I think Yo is not perfect. Or I could do, I think Yo is perfect. So those were my turnarounds. And again, by the time you get to the second or third one, you've really broken up what your belief has been. You've really, it doesn't have the hold on you anymore because you begin to see like, oh, no, they're a human being for sure. You know, in the, in the movie example, she may be a natural double D, but she had other things. She was a terrific, warm person. You know, you begin to see people as people. When I get myself tied up and I was in a knot, I'm telling you, that set me off for the day and I could not see straight after that. And we were, have, we were dealing with our financial advisor, so I was feeling bad about the market, <laughs> thinking, where's our retirement fund going? More fear. So I had the morning with um, protecting my ego uh, from envy. And then I had afternoon with uh, protecting my money <laughs> from the bad market conditions right now. So that was fear. And then I had anger show up. It, it was just the emotions just kept going on top of each other. But at the bottom of it, I was really trying to avoid envy. So I don't know, listeners, if you can relate to that. But if you can, I'm telling you, I will put all of Byron Katie's connections in the show notes for you so you can see it the, and get to the worksheet. I am happy to talk to you about the worksheet if you do get it. Um, you know, this is all speaking to uh, looking at a non-dual approach to life, that we are not separate from each other that we are actually connected. And I'll also put a YouTube video um, that someone who I know does a great job with explaining that. If you're kind of interested in learning more, you can check his YouTube video out. I think you would enjoy it. Um, it feels so good, right? When these emotions pass through, we can't hang on to them. We want to make sure that they get through so that we, we can feel better about ourselves, better about being with people and feeling connected. I, I just had to share it with you. I just had to share it with you because so many times in my leadership positions, I spent way too much time comparing myself to someone else and feeling very much less than. And I really think that 
contributes to burnout down the road, uh, a lack of energy, lots of illness, because we're not passing these things through. We're just hanging on to them. And we're hanging on to our beliefs and defending them at all cost. And it's so much healthier and so much freer to give it up. And um, so anyway, I hope that that is something that resonates with you and that we look at this emotion of envy and let it go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you can let us know by leaving a comment where you listen to your podcast or on our group Facebook page, Girl Take the Lead, or even our website. And let us know at yo at yocanny.com if you check out Byron Katie's worksheet. I'd love to support you in that. We've got some great stuff coming. I can't wait. There's some great books, one about Viola Davis, another one about burnout and the imposter syndrome. Plus, I'm continuing to research, quiet quitting, all good stuff coming. Talk to you soon and take good care. Mm-hmm.